Welcome into the ninth episode of Unmasked. And we we've had a long week. How how you been doing, Zach Dan? How's Austin treating you? I'm doing well, man. I'm happy to be in Austin. It's really nice here. Got all my, my friends and everything. Uh, but we still gotta be careful, of course. Uh, but it's just good to be back. How are you doing, man? I'm good. I have enjoyed playoff basketball. Uh, summer's winding down a little bit, but I love all the sports that's going on. The Stars just wrapped up their first round series last night, so they're headed to the second round for okay. the second year in a row. Um, the Mavs stole one from the Clippers, and they'll have game three tonight, which is exciting. Game four is going to be on my Dude, birthday. I don't know about stole one. I don't know, because, like, we should have won that first game, too. And I say weeks, I'm a Mavs fan for the playoffs. Uh, yeah. But, <laughs> like, really, that, like, I don't know if it's a steal. Like, I think the Mavs are outplaying the Clippers right now. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the Mavs have shown a lot of promise. Um, a lot of guys working together at the same time and really what we thought would have to happen. A lot of role players coming together at the right times, playing defense, you know, not giving up more than 120 in both games. That's a win. Uh, but yeah, the refs really stole game one uh, with the whole Chris Chap situation. But glad we were able to get one because I just really did not want to be sent home on my birthday. Uh, and so now on Sunday, regardless of who wins tonight, it'll be a 2-1 game or 2-1 series. So that game four will be pretty important. So I'm looking forward to that. Absolutely, man. But yeah, I mean, yesterday there was a lot of great action too. The Rockets came back. They went on a 17 nothing run in the fourth quarter to take that game too. We Noah thought that would be a Thunder win in that series, but it's looking like the Rockets could run away with it. What do you think? Yeah, it's really looking like that, man. I don't know about a sweep. I think the Thunder can steal one or two maybe, but um, definitely it looks right now like the Rockets are poised to win by a large margin. Um, yeah. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff Green, man. I mean, that's you talk about Harden and Westbrook as the two Oklahoma City alumni facing their old teams. How about Jeff Green facing his old team, getting it done in both games, having kind of a resurgence there, showing all the potential that everyone thought he had coming out of Georgetown. Good for him, you know, a journeyman finally making. Absolutely, his- man. And like I said before, um, the Rockets really have like the I'd say the most dangerous offense. Like they can really light it up on any I don't think they're the most consistent but they can, they really have the most dangerous yeah they can definitely rain it from wherever whenever uh also a guy who can hit from the outside Duncan Robinson go blue seven of eight from three a game high 24 last night as the heat took a commanding 2-0 series lead on the Pacers both those games have been close but the heat have really just shown that they're a step ahead and we knew this was going to be tough for the Pacers without Sabonis, but um, you think MJ, TJ Warren can get him a couple games still? I was hoping on that, but um, honestly, dude, it's not really looking like it. The Heat are just outclassing the Pacers, and they're showing like a, that they're a playoff team and that the Pacers were just this bubble surprise. But um, I, think, I think Miami's going to edge them out pretty fast. Yeah, and the winner of that series will take on the winner of the Bucks and Magic, which surprisingly has been a little bit entertaining, might I say. The Magic stole that first game, um, and then reportedly, I, I heard this just around the rumor mill, but I heard the Bucks consulted Adam um, about how to guard DJ Augustine from your days as a, as a Texas fan. Is that true? I don't, I don't know. I just heard that. 
Yeah, man, they did. They definitely, uh, they definitely consulted me. I got a call, and um, I just had to give them, you know, the advice that uh, they need to entertain us. And uh, I think that's they've come through with that. All your expertise with watching Longhorns basketball, the Bucks just knew they had to tap into it. Budenholzer made the call to Frisco, Texas, and then, you know, they they really shut down the Magic. The Magic, Zach, I don't know if you realize this, they started four for thirty-three. They made a shot with 534 left in the first quarter and didn't make another shot until 948 left in the second quarter. They were just a complete liability, all of them on offense, and looked like they were playing YMCA basketball out there. What do you think? Do you think the Magic have any chance to win another one? Dude, I was so surprised when they won that first game. Out of all the upsets, I never would have called that one. Uh, I'd say Magic in five. Yeah. No doubt it. Um, they, nah, they, they have the talent when they're all healthy, but I just don't know. Honestly, I don't even think that, dude. I honestly think the Magic are not as talented as a lot of these other playoff teams. Um, they have a lot of potential, I would say. I don't know about actual talent right now, though. Well, Bucks fans, if you're looking for anyone to blame for the game one loss, you can turn to Noah Rubenstein. He was on our pod on Sunday, and he predicted a sweep. I don't think anyone else in the world predicted a sweep, so he jinxed you and... There you go. But yeah, Bucks in five. All right. Well, there have been a lot of really good games. Uh, the Blazers looked really good in game one. Not so great last night in game two. That's a series that everyone has their eyes on. What, any updated prediction there? It's going how you thought? Um, I would say it's going how I thought more or less. I think Lakers in six is my prediction. I think, I think Blazers will steal another one. But I think Lakers, we, I mean, we saw that like when they really put their heart into it last, like last night, they're just the better team. Do you think um, Donovan Mitchell's 57 in that loss and then a great game in game two will translate to more wins, especially when Conley comes back? You think that series will go seven? It could, dude. Those are two – I always say they're the two most evenly matched teams. Um, and so I really could see that going seven. I, I think the Nuggets will edge them out. But um, I would take – I would say that could very well be a seven-game series because every game is kind of like to the wire with them. Yeah, they had a great double OT thriller in the seeding games. I agree. A lot of great series out West. Um, the only one we haven't talked about still is Sixers-Celtics, and the Sixers have just looked abysmal. I mean, Jason Tatum is single-handedly reminding the Sixers of their draft mistake with Markel Fultz every single time he touches the ball, and it's – Crazy to think how deep that team is. You think that's a sweep? Yeah, it's looking like it, man. I thought Embiid would be the X factor, and he still is. He's playing really well. It's not like his fault, per se, but um, he just can't do it all by himself. Even with Jay Rich hitting some nice shots, like, it just that Celtics team is too good, man. Well, yeah, I, I know that um... – Adam Lowy is, is the Texas basketball expert, but I'm sure he has some Duke files hidden somewhere. It may be worth it for Brett Brown to make the call and just see what um, Adam could fish up on Jason Tatum, considering how well it worked for Budenholzer and the Bucks. But other than that, it'll be an exciting end of round one. Maps play the Clippers tonight, August 21st, and hope to take a 2-1 series lead. Um, we've talked about that a lot. So we can leave that there and come back to it when the Mavs hopefully have a commanding lead in the series next week. Um, next, we want to get into some action 
involving the NBA draft, which is really exciting. The lottery was selected last night and a surprising jump to number one from the third worst record in the NBA. The Timberwolves have secured the number one pick. We know they had Towns um, in that slot five years back. So they're going to have a, a chance here to run it back. Not that they screwed it up the first time, but we're going to have some projections for you. Um, how funny is it that the Knicks slid to eight? It's it's kind of funny, but it's also just sad, man. Like, how do they have the worst luck with everything? I mean, it just, man, they're so bad, and it's not like they're going to get that much better. Um, I feel bad for their organization and their fans. Yeah, they and, and even looking ahead, like the picks that they got from the Porzingis trade, you know, the Mavs this year have their picks. So they have, an, I think it's going to be the number 18th pick in the draft. And they, the Mavs have the Warriors' second-round pick. So we have the um, – was it the second – or it's a top three second. pick in the – yeah, in the second round. Um, so we're going to have two uh, top 32 players in the draft, adding it to whoever we get in free agency and adding it to this core that we already have. I mean, the Knicks' picks um, that they got in the Porzingis trade are going to be in the upper 20s, I would have to assume, for the next four years. The uh, Over the next four years, they have two picks, so – not even looking that bright in terms of their future and they can't even win the lottery when it's their own odds. So I uh, think that's pretty sad. Uh, there's a lot of teams up at the top of the draft here that I think you would say you'd agree that uh, are ready made, you know, like the Warriors probably aren't the second worst team in the NBA. The Hawks have had a lot of draft picks up there and, and haven't had that great of luck. There are teams that may be looking to trade down. So when we do this um, lottery mock draft, you have to take that into consideration, uh, but it will definitely be an interesting draft. It's not a very deep draft, uh, but yeah, you ready to get into it? I'm ready, man. Let's do it. All right. Well, coming up next on Unmasked, a mock draft for the 2020 NBA lottery. Welcome back to the Unmasked Podcast. We have a special draft for you today. It's an actual draft. It's our mock draft for the 2020 NBA lottery. The teams came out last night. The order came out. It was a little surprising. Um, we'll get into it, though. Zach, I hope you're tired because I got some sleepers. You got some sleepers, man? I got uh, some let's sleepers. Let's hear it, man. I'm, ex I'm excited. Excited to get started. All right, well, I'm going to grant you uh, the first pick, but before we get into it, let's just make a little disclaimer here. These are not really based off of what we think are the best players. We need to evaluate for teams, so we're just choosing for the teams. We're not taking, like, our top 14 college prospects here. We're just doing a mock draft with real teams that were really right. selected last night, so just a heads up. All right, you go, you're on the clock with the Timberwolves at number one. All right, man. I think this one is, in my opinion, the clearest pick. If I'm the Timberwolves, I'm taking Anthony Edwards, number one. The man is a walking bucket, uh, an elite scorer. He kind of, I've seen a lot of different player comps to him. I kind of see a shy in a way, maybe a Donovan Mitchell. Um, and I mean, he's Georgia, threw up like 20, 20 points per game. I think him with him at the wing it's a wing it's a wing game now and him at the wing next to D'Lo and and Cat that's a really nice trio right there and I think they'll be a playoff team next year if they take him yeah I think he his ceiling is definitely the number one in this draft I think he was planning 
on going number one. But if you look down the list at the lottery teams now, there really aren't a lot of teams where he would make sense to have a six, five guard added, you know, more wing depth um, to these teams. You see the Pistons at seven, maybe, um, but who like he shouldn't slip that far. So it's kind of a gift that the Timberwolves got him here. He does fit in perfectly. The Timberwolves need defense. They need wing help. You know, Jarrett Culver's not the long-term answer and you put him with Towns and Russell. I trust that management. Um, they've, you know, they took Towns first a while ago. So yeah, I like the pick. Um, with the number two pick in the 2020 NBA draft, I think the Warriors are going to trade it. Uh, but I, if I have to choose someone um, for them to take, if my back was against the wall, gun was at my head, and I had to take someone and not trade this pick, um, I would go with James Wiseman, uh, center out of Memphis. He is probably the most polarizing player. Eh, LaMelo Ball probably, but one of the most polarizing players in this draft. He only played in three games due to the NCAA violation. Um, but was it Memphis and was just a beast. He is a traditional big man, you know, 2011 and three blocks a game, seven, one number one, overall high school recruit um, before this past freshman year. And so he's like a Deandre Ayton kind of big man where um, you see come out of college already polished, has a great post game. The thing is what I don't get for the warriors. I don't think he fits the warriors timeline. I think the warriors, when they come back, are going to have Clay Thompson and Steph and Andrew Wiggins and Draymond and those four. And so the center is open, but we've seen that center position be a revolving door before, and they don't have time to develop someone. So I think this could really stunt his career to be on a team like that. It could be like a Darko Milicic thing where he joins a contender right away and just doesn't get the minutes, doesn't get the touches, doesn't get the development. But I think James Wiseman is the right choice uh, if you're going to choose someone in the Warriors. Yeah, absolutely. If you're looking at team needs, that's, that makes a lot of sense to me, Jordan. And uh, I think that's a great pick. I definitely would agree with you on that. Uh, next is the Hornets. And I would say might not fit team needs the most, but it's kind of like where you can't really pass up is LaMelo Ball. Uh, this guy yeah. is a unique, elite talent. He's probably, I would say he's a pretty safe pick at this point because he's just been lighting it up internationally. And uh, six 6'6 six point guard, with elite court vision, uh, great shooter, great playmaker. Um, I think he could really add a lot to that team. And I know their, their star right now is Devontae Graham, but I think they could do like a two-guard offense, uh, kind of like the Thunder or something uh, that could work. I mean, they, they really need a lot right now. So I think that that might be like – he could be a franchise talent, and I think that's, that's they can't pass up on someone like that. Just to push back a little bit, he hasn't been shooting well, really, in Australia. He's under 30% from three, and um, they went three and nine. He was just on a really bad team there, only played 13 games. But he has shown flashes. I mean, you remember his 92 points at Chino Hills when he was like Unbelievable, five, five, man. seven freshman. And he has it in the family, you know, the, the ball circus. Uh, it'll be coming to town somewhere. But um, I think Charlotte would make sense. And I like your OKC comparison because like Shy Gilgis, Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, you have Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier, and then a third guard um, if it was LaMelo Ball. And I think that could work. I think that's right. I think the pick for Charlotte here is they're hoping James Wiseman falls to them because that is the perfect situation. They don't have a big man. Um, but LaMelo Ball is somewhat of a safe pick. Um, but, you know, he's, he turns 19 tomorrow. Happy early birthday. He um, – it could, be, it could be a little bit of development for him, but definitely a great score. All right, I'm going to go at number four, number four overall pick with the Chicago Bulls. 
this may be a little bit surprising. I'm going to go Denny Avdija. I definitely mispronounced that. Um, from Israel. Uh, I Maccabi Tel Aviv forward, point forward, 6'8 combo forward, great passer. When I watched some highlights of him, I, I saw a little bit of Luca. Um, they both struggle to shoot the ball. He's not a great shooter. He is great in transition with the vision like Luca is. Uh, he just doesn't have the same handles. Like he's not a point guard, kind of like Luca. But, but they don't need a point guard. They have Zach Levine and Kobe White. And I don't think Otto Porter's the long-term answer there. And you have Markkinen and Wendell Carter up front. I think that sliding in a 6'8 playmaker um, could be the answer for the Bulls. And he's a wild card, but they have the tools to do it. Like they have a winning roster when everyone's healthy. They have an all-star caliber player. I think they can take this risk, uh, international risk. And I think he could be a, a big win. Absolutely, man. I would, I would have said the same thing. Uh, shout out Griffin Levine. He's actually played against Denny. It's a good friend of Jordan and I's and in Maccabi in Israel. Uh, said he wasn't as good as he's hyped up to be, but that was a long time ago. Things can change in a matter of a couple of years. But um, yeah, definitely a lot of potential there. And I could like it's a really bulls move. I feel like to to take him. So yeah, I think he could be a nice little franchise piece to Chicago and help them make those playoffs. For sure. Um, with the fifth pick in the unmasked draft, I'm going to take, for, for Cleveland, I'll take Isaac Akura. That might be a little bit surprising because, honestly, Cleveland's franchise is looking a little bit a little bit lacking right now, and he's an interesting option. He's more of like a defensive forward who's pretty athletic. Um, but I think they need some D, some D help. And they have like those, they have, they're putting a lot of hope into, into Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. And it doesn't really make sense to draft a guard when they're like really hoping those guys work out. So a defensive wing, when it's a wing game, makes a lot of sense for them, in my opinion. And they still have Love and Drummond. So I think that would make it, it would complete a roster that's lacking a little bit um, and add some depth. Yeah, I think that's a, a great call. He was a little bit lower on my boards, but is a great defender and someone who um, who just adds a lot of athleticism to that team uh, who's really trying to you know figure it all out. And another team who I think uh, will trade, but we're going to pick for him anyway, at number six is the Atlanta Hawks. And Atlanta is a tough situation because, yes, they're in the lottery yet again, but when you look at their roster top to bottom, they have young players. It's like, how much more development can you possibly take? I mean, they have with Trey Young, Kevin Herter, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins. Like, these guys are um, – and, and Clint Capella is on the roster too. He doesn't need much development. But their young guys need a lot of attention. And when you bring in another young guy, how much is that going to draw away from the other guys? So I think you go a trade here. But if they're going to take someone, I would add – um, guard depth behind Trey Young and go with a very safe bet. Uh, I would go with Killian Hayes from France. Um, he, or sorry, he played in the German league, but I'm pretty sure he is. Um, he's French. from France. Yeah. 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 Uh, he's lefty. We got, we got a lefty alert here. Um, he's six, five point guard, probably the safest bet I would say um, in this draft, just by like his tools. He doesn't do anything special, not super athletic, but, has great awareness, 
um, great off-ball defense, just like a high IQ player, can create his own shot similar to LaMelo Ball, um, kind of behind him in that way, but similar. Not very athletic, like I said. You know, I'm not going to um, out-quick you, out-jump you, but he was steady in the German League in and in a pretty tough league and a great free-throw shooter. That's kind of the mark of like a, a solid um, – you, know, you can be like the rock of a second unit, learn behind Trey Young, and then maybe step in and Trey Young can go off ball because Trey Young's a great spot up shooter also and bring Kevin Herter off the bench. So you just kind of go tinker with those three guard lineups. But I think you go with the safe bet here. Yeah, that's a great call, Jordan. I kind of see like a Tony Parker situation working out for him, maybe because he's from France, maybe because uh, he's a point guard with great vision, uh, whatever yeah, it is. Um, yeah, I think. That's a really interesting move for Atlanta, and I, I could see them pulling, if, they, if they end up drafting, that, that might make a lot of sense. Um, with the next pick, Detroit Pistons. Man, these guys have, have a lot of work to put into their franchise. Um, but I would take Aaron Naismith from Vanderbilt. Um, like it. He is, like, showed, like, he showed that he could be, I think he might be the best shooter in this draft. He was shooting 52.2% from three. I mean, I know he got injured and whatever, but, um, I mean, that's nice. Uh, not to mention he was averaging 23 a game uh, on five, in five boards. Uh, this guy is a nice wing in a wing game, uh, and Detroit could really benefit from somebody new to work their franchise around. Uh, I mean, D-Rose is aging. Christian Wood, is he's good. He was, he was going really – he was going off the last couple games. And then you got Blake Griffin, who's aging as well. So, I mean, I think Aaron Naismith could be a really interesting option for them, really compelling. I think that you can't go wrong taking him. I love him. It's sad that he was injured, and I think that's why he's going to go lower than um, he would have otherwise. But, yeah, six six, great size, probably the best shooter in the draft. Um, but, honestly, here, if I'm the Pistons, I, just, I think that that's a, a great call. But I think if I'm the Pistons GM, I really look at um, who I'm going to take next. And that's Tyrese Halliburton. Halliburton is very underrated um, in this draft. He is the point guard out of Iowa State. Um, and I'm just going to say real quick why it would make sense for the Pistons. They don't have a point guard. I mean, Derrick Rose is not the long-term solution there. They've always had front court help. Um, they've always been loaded in the front court, but just their back court has always been very lacking. Um, and Halliburton is a long guard who is not super ball dominant, does not take you off the dribble uh, and score. He's not like, doesn't look for his own shot. He's very much um, quick, can get by you, slash, cut, um, spot up threes, and a great um, playmaker. He's, he averaged 6.5 assists. So I saw him torch Michigan in, in the Maui tournament, and he has just done a great job over the course of his two years at Iowa State, becoming a better three-point shooter. And again, he's just a great defender. He's long. He's a... Uh, He's six six in point guard, and so he averaged two point five steals a game, and a guy who could really help the Knicks, uh, who have struggled, we know mightily, uh, to draft. And if he can play off of R.J. Barrett, I think he can solve those point guard woes. And Barrett attacking and kicking out to Halliburton can get him in space where he can create or hit that spot up three. Uh, I think for any team looking for a point guard, but especially the Knicks looking for talent, Halliburton could be the answer. Wow, I'm surprised. Um, he's gone this slow, but um, I think with the Wizards to pick at nine, they got to go Obi Topin. Oh uh, uh, yeah. Um, 
this guy is, I mean, he was like a top five prospect for a long time. Um, he put up, I mean, he, and I don't just really understand fully why he's still, why he's not anymore. Like he's, he was really good. He's putting up 20 points per game, 7.5, seven and a half rebounds, two assists on 40% three point shooting. He went to Dayton. Um, he's a sophomore, six, nine frame in a wing game. Like I said, I think it'd be great for Washington because they, they're, I mean, they're already like they are a good team, just a lot of injuries. I mean, they got what Wall will be back hopefully. Beal, Rui Hashimura, you throw in Tope in there, like that's a pretty, that's a pretty solid starting lineup. Um, and I think he could add a lot to their game. And he's a really athletic player who's a a lob threat. And I think that'd be sick. If they they could get him. Yeah, it's kind of. It's crazy, Obi Toppin. It took him took us this long to take him. I really think someone's gonna bite on him. He is 22 years old. You got to remember, um, he's built like Jason Tatum, but he explodes like Amari Stoudemire. Uh, doesn't exactly. Right, that's have a, the that's shot. a great way of putting that. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't exactly have the shot or the defensive effort. He's naturally athletic, so he's going to be decent on the defensive end. But, you know, he swept the Player of the Year awards. He has an improved shot. He's a great that, – that's someone that I can see the Knicks biting on. I mean, they love their power forwards, you know. I could easily see Absolutely. the Knicks taking him. And then I would, I would put Halliburton on the Wizards um, that way. But I think that Toppin deserves to go higher than we have him. Um, that would be a good pick, though, for the Wizards. Definitely to get some more talent in there. If they decide to keep Beal and keep the team – this is someone that um, could instantly have an impact as a 22-year-old in the NBA. All right, so with the 10th pick, I think the Suns have a lot of options here. I think the best player on the board is Onyeka Okwongu, um, Okongwu, excuse me, the center from USC who was a Chino Hills teammate of the Ball Brothers. He's a beast, but they don't really need a big man. Um, they, they don't really need anything, to be honest. I, you look at their team, I guess Ricky Rubio is not the long-term answer at point guard. They have a lot of wing depth. Um, you could go Tyrese Maxey. I think I'm going to go um, for uh, the Suns. I'm going to go Devin Vassell, forward out of FSU. He's a 6'6 sophomore, a great defender on a great defensive team. He stood out on this, one of the best defenses in the country, and a great 3 and D option. He shot 41.5% from three, just adding more defense, adding more shooting, so that when Devin Booker attacks, Aiton gets double teamed, they have someone to kick it out to. You can never have enough size, defense, athleticism, and shooting. I think this encompasses all three. And at the 10th pick, you're not looking for a star necessarily. You're looking for someone who can help you slide back in the draft next year by making the playoffs. So I'm going to go there. Yeah, dude. Three and D is a great pick for them. And I think that makes a lot of sense getting a wing uh, to finish off that nice lineup already they have. All right. Time for pick number 11 with your Spurs, Zach. Let's hear it. Dude, this is the easiest pick I've had to make so far. The Spurs are in desperate need of a, of a nice big man, and Okongwu is still on the board. Easily Okongwu all day. He's, I would say, a top five talent in this draft, and it's, it's lucky that he's falling this late, and I hope it happens in the real draft. Um, the Spurs can really are great develop, probably the best development team in the NBA, and with this monster from USC – uh, I think they can do some real damage and get a nice center. And then that would be a really nice completion of the roster with DeJounte Murray, Lonnie Walker, Kelvin Johnson, DeMar DeRozan, Rudy Gay, Aldridge. You got to, then he would really complete that roster well. 
Yeah, on is a true big, and I really don't think he'll fall this far. I just don't think a lot of the teams in the top 10 really need a big, and I think I think James Wiseman is the uh, number one there. But, man, Onyeka, Chino Hills uh, alum, he's got all the attention around him, 6'9", 245. He's a beast. All right. Absolutely, man. And I'm, I'm hyped to be on my Spurs. Next up, we have uh, – Number 12, the Sacramento Kings, new GM, new regime coming in. Let's see if they can actually get a draft pick right because they don't draft well at all. I'm going to get them some front court help. I think that's where they lack. They have Bogdanovich, Hield, Fox in the backcourt, and Bielitsa uh, is a perimeter player as well at times. But they need a, a good post to put with Marvin Bagley. I'm going to give them a little bit of a, a reach here, and it's a wild card. It's Alexi Pokusevsky from Greece. He is seven feet tall and 190 pounds. He's a stick. This guy played in Greece's second division, but don't sleep on it because Giannis played in the same one. Uh, he's a real wild card in the draft. He is a seven foot shooter. He is built like a guard. Like you watch him play. He looks like he's Gordon Hayward out there. That's who he, he runs like. He shoots like he is a guard. He plays like he's a guard. He doesn't turn 19 till December. This is a project, but the Kings are one of the more ready-made teams in the lottery, I think. Uh, they can develop players and this is a wild card pick that I think could pan out for him. And if he has any potential to be like a Kristaps Porzingis, that front court with Bagley over the next 10 years is scary. Yeah, dude. And if anybody is poised to make a wild card pick, it'd be the Kings. And I think that's a great, a great shot for them shot in the dark, maybe, but it's worth it. Um, with the next pick by the new Orleans Pelicans 13, I would take, uh, this might be a little bit controversial here, but I would take Cole Anthony. Um, I like it. Honestly, honestly, not sure he's the best fit. They have Lonzo. They have Drew right now, but his contract, I think this is the last year of his contract. So maybe I guess he's expiring a little bit. Uh, so maybe, But um, I just kind of see it as like this talent. He's so talented, dude. I think he's definitely among the, the higher up in talents in this, in this draft, at least potential-wise. Uh, I've seen him being compared as like a, a bigger Kimball Walker. And uh, that's pretty dangerous if you think about that. Um, Pelicans can't really pass up on that. Again, I guess if that, they were to do that, they could do like another two-guard offense, which seems to be a growing movement since it's working out for the Thunder pretty decently. Um, and I think I think that'd be a really worthwhile pick. And I'm, yeah, I mean, Coy Anthony in the like very early drafts was like top five prospect for a sec also. Uh, he's, he's dropped a little bit, but uh, he still, he put up, what about 19 and four assists per game on 35% from three. It's not, that's not bad. He, he no. I mean, and he's, he's only a freshman dude. Um, definitely would be lucky to get him this low. Uh, and I think, I mean, I think he's projected to go this low, uh, most, on most mocks. So yeah. Uh, Cole Anthony to the Pelicans. Yeah. Cole Anthony is intriguing. Cause he had a lot of hype. He was a top three uh, recruit in the country is Greg Anthony's son. Um, he has Dame's range with Steph's body. You know, he's a, he's a tall point guard, great facilitator, and someone who can really lead a team. I think the Pelicans need to shop Lonzo Ball and take Cole, Cole uh, Anthony. If they if this pick falls to him, I think it is a great selection. I think he has the talent to go in the top ten, and you said it uh, just as well as I could. He is someone who could be a star. So, great pick there. And to round out. Um, the draft the Boston Celtics have been gifted a lottery pick here uh they always seem to have 
great picks, even though they always seem to be good in the playoffs. And so this is one where I think they can spend it for the future and they don't need the, the fit. I think the fit here would be nabbing someone like Patrick Williams or, um, or maybe Precious Sachua, someone who can give defensive help, give some size. Um, that's really what they need because they have all these guards. But I think you go with the home run potential. You go RJ Hampton. Um, that's going to be my rounding out the lottery here. He was a top prospect, much like Cole Anthony a year ago, decided to play in New Zealand. In New Zealand. He's a 6'6 combo guard, um, just gets to wherever he wants on the floor, athletic, a lot of potential, crazy bounce. Um, he just needs to work on his shot a little bit. And I think that that's someone who they can turn into like a Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown type player where they're a defensive first, but have developed a nice offensive game. The Celtics are great at development and you have a guy who's kind of slipped through the cracks here, but could be a star in the right system. So I think you take a chance at 14, you're gifted a lottery pick, go with RJ Hampton. That's a great pick, Jordan. Um, and that rounds out our lottery, man. Um, that looked like a really nice lottery. And I think it's pretty, for the most part, on point with a lot of the, the draft boards I was looking through. Uh, which show, I mean, I think, I actually disagree with your earlier statement. I think this is a pretty deep draft. Um, it's pretty well spread out. Uh, I'd say more so than previous years, in my opinion. Uh, I, I, think, I think among like the top, the top players, there's a lot of talent. I don't think it's as like, top heavy is like last year with like Zion and Ja but uh there's some there, there can be some really nice nice pieces to a lot of franchises in this draft yeah I just don't think there's going to be a lot of stars I, I I didn't say really anything about the depth it was more just like I don't think it's a great draft like I don't think you're going to look back and say wow there are five six all-stars in this draft I think that there may be two or three um but there may be a lot of good role players so you don't know I do want to shout out real quick before we end some Michigan killers, Cassius Winston, Luca Garza, and Peyton Pritchard. They're going to go at some point. They are all ballers. They deserve to be on an NBA roster. Maybe not a lottery pick. Marcus Howard's in that group as well, dominated at Marquette. So shout out to them. Also want to say I would love to see Obi go to the Warriors. I know we had him ninth. If the Warriors decide to pick someone and they want to go with a ready-made talent, that 22-year-old dynamo of a front court player uh, is waiting in the wings to pair with Draymond in that front court. It would be kind of scary. Do you have any dark horse – uh, risers yeah dude we didn't even i mean you mentioned precious Ashua at the end uh but he didn't make our lottery ultimately he's he's raw <laughs> the man yeah. is raw he's from nigeria uh a big man from memphis who had, they have the best big men in the game this, this past year uh filled in for wise put up, yeah and why yeah exactly put up 15 16 points per game and 11 rebounds and two blocks i mean this guy is raw and I think I think he could move up, maybe maybe top ten. Uh, yeah. I would I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, it's funny because he's kind of all over the place in terms of uh, in terms of draft boards, but I could see him making top ten. Maybe the Wizards get him. He'd be a really nice piece to that team. I don't know where exactly he'd fall, but uh, definitely could be a major sleeper, major sleeper. Yeah, crazy things happen each year. You know, we see Michael Porter go to fourteen. We see other guys leapfrog and. Jordan Poole goes in the first round last year. I didn't even think he'd get drafted. So who knows? That's the fun of it. Uh, we'll look out for it. That'll be after a, a fun playoffs. It'll be exciting. Um, this draft is scheduled to be October 16th as of now. So we'll look forward to it, but I'm sure there'll be a lot of movement and everything. Uh, yeah, should be a fun one. All I'm right. Hype, man. Yeah, absolutely.
Me too. And I'm hyped for a little bit of Today in History. So when we come back on Unmasked, we will have that August 21st. We'll get into it. Welcome back to the Unmasked podcast. Today is August 21st, and it is surprisingly a huge day in the world of sports. Um, August 21st is home to a lot of birthdays and a lot of great events that occurred in the sports world. We're going to get right into it. Um, Happy belated, not, not, sorry. Happy birthday to the late, excuse me, Wilt Chamberlain. Um, He died of a heart attack heart trouble and stress wasn't necessarily a heart attack but he was battling that for several years and um he passed away in 1999 he would have been 84 today so happy birthday to wilt the stilt he really paved the way for men in the big game is um his 100 point game uh with the iconic note card holding up the 100 he averaged over 50 points a game um in 1961 and 27 rebounds the year before just crazy numbers in an arrow that didn't have guys that height zach what, what's your take on will chamberlain there's never going to be anybody like him jordan just like so much more dominant than everybody around him um he's he was an unstoppable force man and uh respect to one of the goats yeah he is one of the goats and i think people just uh, write him off because they think it was just a lot easier back then, which, you know, it could have been, but to, to put up 50 and 27, I mean, that's crazy. And speaking of crazy, we also want to wish a happy 34th birthday to Usain Bolt, a regular, it seems like on this podcast, especially during this section. Um, and he'll come up even in today in history. Um, Cause he won a gold medal today also, but happy 34th birthday. He's the only sprinter to win the Olympic 100 meter and 200 meter and three consecutive Olympics. I mean, that's wow. crazy. And he won the last of his eight golds, uh, Rio in 2016. So he said he wasn't going to come to Tokyo 2020. Now it's in 2021. You know, the world's in such a gloomy place. Zach, should he come out of retirement for Tokyo 2021? He if needs to, man. Mike Tyson can do it. Why not Usain Bolt? That's what I'm saying. Even if he doesn't finish at the top, just to see him out there. I mean, how awesome would that be? Uh, but say he does win a gold. I mean, four consecutive Olympics. Be Wouldn't crazy. be surprised. He's the beast. He's the, he's the goat. And lastly, a happy 27th birthday to probably my favorite non-cowboy player in the NFL, um, not named Aaron Rodgers, Mike Evans. He came from Texas A&M. He has kind of a crazy life story. He, his mom had him at the age of 14, and his dad was murdered when he was nine years old. So he just, his upbringing was kind of crazy. He got lost in all that Johnny football nonsense at A&M, but was really talented and then got passed over when Sammy Watkins was taken before him in the um, draft. But all six years, this guy has been over a thousand yards receiving. And I think he's the most underrated receiver in the league. He's been snubbed in several Pro Bowls um, just because the Bucks are trash. But he has the most seasons to begin a career with a thousand yards in the history of the NFL, tied with Randy Moss, um, youngest player to get 6K, 7K yards, youngest to get 200 or more in a game, which he did at 21 years old. Um, this guy is just a beast. I think he's going to have a big season. What do you think is the ceiling for the Bucks this year with Tom Brady um, throwing to him? Ceiling is the Super Bowl, man. I, I could really see them being there. Like We have Tom Brady, who I've said goat a lot on this podcast, but this man is definitely the goat. <laughs> And then you got Gronk back. It's just a beautiful team. 
Chris Godwin, LaShawn McCoy, Ronald Jones. This is going to be a team to watch. Their defense still a little suspect, but wasn't horrible. But if anyone's going to get it done, uh, I want it to be Mike Evans. I really like the guy. Um, he was on my fantasy team last year too. So big props to him. Also want a special shout out, non-sports world birthday, Stephen Hillenberg and Kenny Rogers, both um, deceased. Stephen Hillenberg would have been 59. Kenny Rogers would have been 82. Um, creator SpongeBob and um, famous musical artist, respectively, both of them um, icons. But yeah. Like that. Yeah. Uh, also, I want to give a special early happy birthday to Mr. Jordan Sturmowitz himself. He turns 21 this Sunday, Thank 23rd, you. and um, he's a club basketball player in Michigan, so uh, I guess it's a sports-related as well. I mean, happy birthday, man. Thanks, man. It's been, a, it's been a ride. It's been a long 20 years, but I'm looking forward to celebrating 21, even if it's in the middle of a pandemic, so... Hopefully the maps can get a dub for me. It would be a great that present. That would be a nice birthday gift. Well, to round it out here, today in history, 1991, Dan Marino became the highest NFL paid player with a five-year, $25 million extension. Five years, $25 million made him the highest paid player in the NFL. To give you reference, Chandler Parsons and 45 other NBA players, including Nicholas Batum, Otto Porter, and Hassan Whiteside, all made more than that this year alone. Pretty sure Adam makes more than that as our producer. Uh, that is crazy. That Dan Marino was the highest paid player in, in um, 1991 at $25 million. Do you think we will ever see a $600 million contract in sports? Do you think we'll ever get to that level where it's in any sport that much money? Huh. I mean, with the rate of inflation, uh, I would say it's very possible, like, in the next, I mean, probably in the, in the not-so-near future. But, uh, yeah, I think it's inevitable eventually that we're going to get to those high numbers. But what, what is it actually worth is the question. Yeah, that's true. And Marino's 25 probably was worth a lot more back then, too. It's a good point. All right, well, in 2000, so it's a 20-year anniversary, Tiger Woods became the first since Ben Ben Hogan in 1953 to win three majors in a calendar year when he won his PGA championship. Will he ever win another major? Zach Dent. I wouldn't be surprised, man. He's a beast. Yeah. He surprised us last year. And so what's to say he can't do it again this year. All right. And then, like I mentioned, 2008, Usain Bolt set the new 200, 200 meter world record of 19.3 seconds. So crazy. He's such a legend. Happy 34th. To Usain, a happy Friday to everyone, and go Mavs. Really would like to see a win tonight and a win on my birthday. Other than that, that's all I have. Zach, good luck with starting school. Hope you're doing well in Austin. Thanks, man. Happy early birthday. Thank you, and stay tuned. Next week, we have an exciting lineup of episodes, including um, a guest. It would be a surprise guest, unless, Zach, you want to divulge that right now surprise all right we're gonna surprise you but stay tuned a lot of ex exciting stuff and have a great weekend see ya